Pioneers, what's happening? Mr. Garvin here jamming out some Bob Dylan like a Rolling Stone. Hey guys, I'm fired up as usual, ready and excited to talk to you about Chapter 14, Section 2. And today we're going to get into the inauguration of Andrew Jackson. And Andrew Jackson was unlike any other president uh, before his time because he was someone that the really the common people felt connected with. And probably a big part of that is his childhood. He'd grown up in, a, in difficult uh, circumstances. He was a, uh, a guy that was rough around the edges. So a lot of commoners could relate to Andrew Jackson. Now, if you remember, he lost the election of 1824, but he won the election of 1828, mainly uh, because of the support from the commoners. And as you know, once a president is elected, um, he is eventually is inaugurated, where he is sworn into office, and where he officially uh, takes the oath of office and begins his presidency. Well, a crazy scene erupted during Andrew Jackson's inauguration. On March 4th, 1829, more than 10,000 people came to witness Andrew Jackson get sworn into office. Now, you have to realize, I mean, that's a lot of people, 10,000 people at a time uh, where there's no cars and things of that nature. That was a big deal. Most of these people that attended were first-time voters. You have to understand that a lot of new voting laws were passed in many states that allowed more common people to vote in the election of 1828. To be specifically uh, specific about that, three times as many people voted in 1828 as they did in 1824. And a big reason uh, for that is more commoners were allowed to vote prior to this. In most cases, only the wealthy white landowning males could vote. They had to have typically, you know, a solid educational background. Now, with that being said, even though all these new people started to vote, it's important for us to understand that African-Americans, women, Native Americans, and other minority groups were still not allowed to vote, okay? Now, this was a big change and a big change in culture. And you have to understand that this was very, very concerning, especially to the upper class. Wealthy Americans were alarmed and did not trust the commoners uh, to vote. They felt that the commoners would not be able to make good decisions. And they actually really felt that the wealthy Americans were going to lose some of the power they had on government. Now, commoners, on the other hand, they wanted to change society for the better. And most commoners had really felt for a long time that the rich, that the wealthy, the, the elite really had too much say in how the government was run. And so in their minds, the United States was formed to represent common people and to give all people a say. And so Andrew Jackson gave them this opportunity. Andrew Jackson actually promised in his campaign to give power back to the common people. Okay. And this became known as Jacksonian democracy. Okay. And as a result of this, we know, as we've talked about in the past, that this is the beginning of the Democratic Party. Today we talk about Democrats and Republicans. Well, this is the start of the Democratic Party party that we know today. Now, to kind of set it off, at his inauguration, a near riot almost breaks out. You had people cussing, you had people swearing, uh, fights are breaking out. There's so many people there. It really gets out of control. Um, and this is a sign and a tale of how the government was going to be changed during Andrew Jackson's presidency. OK, we're going to see that a lot of the stuff he did was really, really good for society. But we're also going to see that he did some controversial things uh, that really our, our government should be ashamed of. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. We'll see you later.